communicators don't tend to be the most strategic bunch of people. We like to jump right into the tactics and forget about the research and plan phase of what we do. That's a generalization, of course, but it happens enough that it's become a generalization. And while research and planning and <gasps> gas measurements aren't nearly as exciting or interesting as tactics, it should drive everything we do. And just like a communications plan, every business must also have a roadmap for where you're going. If you don't own an agency or a business or are never planning to, listen to this episode with your communications plan in mind. Though I'll speak to it from an agency owner's perspective, the structure and the bones are the same. Listen on as we discuss the 13 things every agency should include in their plan that will drive all marketing, business development, and growth. If you're a communications pro who works hard, doesn't compromise quality, and gets the job done, welcome home. We'll share our tips, tricks, and stories, and together we will change the face of PR. Spin sucks, but we don't. With the Spin Sucks podcast, here's Jenny Dietrich. Okay, let's talk about your agency's business plan. And like I said, if you're not a business owner and are never planning to be a business owner, you can listen to this from a communications plan perspective. It's the same. Number one, it needs an objective. If you want to grow your agency, the objective will always be, always be, to increase client acquisition. This is where you'll state which kinds of clients by size, industry, and marketing needs you want to attract. You should also say how much the increase should be and make it realistic enough that you can, you know, actually achieve it. For instance, I know lots and lots of agency owners who think getting to $1 million in revenue will change their lives. Whether or not that's true is a different topic for a different day. If you did low six figures in 2020, you'll want to be a bit more realistic for 2021. It's not impossible that you'll get to a million dollars this year, but it's probably not realistic. Then we have strategy. This is to build and enhance your reputation as a specialist to attract more clients from your target market. The specialist could be in the type of work you do, crisis management, reputation management, media relations, content marketing, or it could be the industries in which you specialize, healthcare, financial services, professional services, consumer goods, B2B, etc. I have a client who's been in business for three years and she started out with an incredibly narrow niche. And she has not strayed, not once, not one time has she strayed. She has never had to actively go out and do business development because she's built a brand inside the industry that people trust. So when they need PR help, they call her. I've actually never seen anything like it. It's pretty impressive. Specialize, specialize, specialize. And then your plan. Develop deep and narrow expertise in industry X or specialty Y with focused positioning that includes targeted staffing, research, special resources or capabilities, relevant work experience, and other activities. After you have those three things written down, you can create your executive summary. And this should be a one-page recap of everything in your plan, and it should sit on your desk so you can review it daily. Do not shove it in a drawer. Review it every morning to help determine the most important things on your task list each day. That way, your priority list will always help you achieve your goals. From there, you want to write down key challenges, a description of the services you want to market, and a bulleted recap of your goals as they relate to any of the challenges you might see. 
For instance, maybe a competitor has more experience in an industry or your communications firm doesn't yet have the history a prospect would want to see. List out all of the challenges you might face. Then you can write your situation analysis. This is an identification of key industry status metrics, including your overall goals and focus, your culture or one that you want to build, your perceived strengths and weaknesses, and your market share position. If it doesn't yet exist, that's okay, write it down. Then do a customer analysis. This is the type and number of clients you're striving for, including the values of the targeted sectors and an overview of the decision process those prospects use to hire a communications firm or other agency. It doesn't have to be just be a communications firm. Then you wanna do a competitive analysis. This is an analysis of your marketing position along with the market positions of your closest competitors, including any weaknesses that could curtail your efforts to be able to compete effectively. This is where I like to say that saying that you don't have any competition is not true. You have competition. So be smart, realistic, and energized about who it is that you're competing against. They might be, what does my husband call it? Oh, he has a name for it. And every time he says it, I roll my eyes, but I can't remember what it is. They might be competimates. They might be friends, peers, right? You may not compete with them, but partner with them in some cases, but in other cases you do compete with them. So be honest with yourself. Then you want to do an implementation summary. This is an analysis of how you'll use all of the above information to, you know, actually achieve your goals. This should be as specific as possible to allow for accountability. From there, you'll write your positioning statements. This is language you'll use in your marketing materials to differentiate yourself from the competitors that you just decided you have, <laughs> highlighting your key service mission and qualitative skill sets. From there, you'll do your cost strategy. This is an overview of your pricing structure relative to that of your competitors and averages for size of firm, industry, and region. And the more you can claim deep expertise, the more you can charge. Crisis communications experts do well here because they get paid based on their expertise. Don't worry, this is an internal document. You don't have to post it externally anywhere, although I would argue that you should post pricing, but you don't have to do your cost strategy. And I will say this one quick thing. Most agency owners, myself included, will say, but the price depends on the client, right? It depends on the prospect. It depends on the project. If you have a minimum put that on your website. So for us, I would say our minimum retainer is X a month. And that way we get rid of the tire kickers or the ones that don't have that, right? So you're not taking those kinds of meetings. So I was not a big fan. I fought this. And then Marcus Sheridan had a stern talking to with me and I finally acquiesced and he was right, as much as I hate to admit that. And pricing on your website helps. So definitely do that. Then you'll do your promotion strategy. This is a recap of the specific methods and initiatives you will use to get your marketing language and your related content in front of prospects. It should include a detailed delineation of who on your team will implement specific elements of the plan and a timeline. Chip Griffin and I just talked about this on the Agency Leadership Podcast. I think it was on the podcast episode. I think I did a live stream with him as well last week. But the point is, is that if you don't do a promotion strategy and if you aren't clear about who is going to execute the work, because you certainly can't do it all. And it may be contractors. It may be, you know, part-time employees and that's fine, but be clear about it. Otherwise the client's going to expect that you do all the work and you can't do all the work. 
Then you want to look at changing market analysis, and this is where you'll forecast anticipated changes in the fiscal landscape of your target industries in the next three to five years. Now, it's kind of hard to do that, you know, no, I don't think anybody really predicted a pandemic, (laughs) but you can plan for things like a recession or a down economy. So make sure that those things are in there and really think about the outside forces that you have to prepare for, even if you can't predict the specific instances. And then finally, but most importantly, you'll have measurements. So if your objectives are measurable, you have the metrics in here. Make sure you follow the SMART structure when creating your sections. Are they specific, measurable, attainable, realistic, and time-bound? Phew, that's a lot, but don't worry. I have this list for you in the show notes, which you can find on spinsucks.com. It'll give you an easy way to remember it all. In just a minute, I'll be back to talk you through how to then use this list or this plan that you've just built for marketing and generating new business for your business. New business for your business. That was amazing. I'll be right back. There are two things I want you to know about. The first is the Fundamentals of Media Measurement course that we just launched with Muckrack, and the second is the PESO Model Certification. Both will help you evolve your career this year as you learn how to measure your work using the PESO Model to get you there. The Fundamentals of Media Measurement course can teach you how to measure your earned media efforts, create a successful measurement strategy, and report on your success. It will take you about two hours, but it has quick bite-sized lessons you can take when convenient. It has actionable tips, step-by-step approaches, and examples from Jonna Burke, Christopher Penn, and me. Go to mrac.co slash spinsucks to learn more, get registered, and start your measurement journey today. That's mrac.co slash spinsucks. Please be sure to use that link because I get a gold star every time someone registers, and I love gold stars. And for those of you who need to evolve your career, learn how to integrate the work you do with marketing and amp up your measurement efforts, the PESO model certification is for you. Step up your game with an academically accredited PESO model certification from Spin Sucks and the SI Newhouse School of Public Communications at Syracuse University. Learn more about that by going to spinsucks.com academy, or you can go to spinsucks.com and click on academy in the navigation. And now back to the show. Okay, let's spend a few minutes now talking about reaching those goals that you've created and how to generate the right kinds of clients for you. The right kinds of clients for me may not be the right kinds of clients for you. So let's figure out who they are for you. Every agency on earth, every business on earth needs a business development plan. But many of us (coughs) have grown our organizations without thinking strategically about how to do that. I know you know what I'm talking about. People refer business to you. You get leads from networking events and speaking engagements. Maybe you blog and get new clients because they like the way you think. All of those things are very important. You might even do inbound marketing, which is amazing, but you can't end there. Do you have a written business development plan? If I could see a show of hands, I'm going to guess that less than 10% of you listening to this episode do. That's not okay. You have to have a written business development plan. And hope and a prayer is not a written business development plan. A few years ago, I read two books that helped my thinking around this. The first was The Ultimate PR Agency New Business Handbook. And the second was Traction, Get a Grip on Your Business. Both helped solidify my thinking on our business development efforts. 
The first, unfortunately, is a Bulldog Reporter book, but because they were purchased by Agility PR Solutions, it's no longer in print. But don't worry, even though you can't buy it and read it, I have included some highlights for our discussion. So I'll be talking about that in a few minutes. The second, Traction, is available on Amazon, and I highly, highly, highly recommend you read it. I reread it every year, and there's things in there. I think I've read it like five or six years in a row now. There are things in there that you will pick up every single time. And of course, as you evolve your own career, you'll find new things in it that will be helpful. So I highly recommend buying the actual book, keeping it on your desk, and rereading it every single year. There are four things you should do to create your prospect list before you build your business development plan. Number one, build a wide ranging list. You need at least 200 prospects on your list. Include anyone and everyone you'd like to work with, even if they're not in your verticals. The idea is to write down companies you'd like to work with, as well as those where you know someone inside the organization or a friend of yours knows somebody there, all right? And I know I said earlier to specialize, and I mean that, but if your specialty is a service versus an industry, it's important to include everyone you'd want to work with. Number two, create an ideal client profile. This should include company type, industry sector, competitive landscape, size, number of employees, assets and revenue, attitudes, and culture. This will help you later on when your first $1 million client comes knocking and you have to decide if they're a good fit for your agency. It helps you stay away from the alluring work with clients for the money conundrum. And we've all been there too. Number three, segment your targets. Do this by putting your targets into 10 ideal profile types. You may have an ideal profile type that is a certain size in a certain industry and a second type that only hires specific expertise crisis communications or content marketing, for instance. Then divide those lists into A, B, and C prospects. The A-list prospects are within your verticals or in your expertise sweet spot, and you know someone at the organization. All right, that's your A-list. The B-list prospects are within your verticals or in your expertise sweet spot, but you don't necessarily know anybody there. The C-list prospects fit neither of those categories, but you'd still love to work with them. They're a dream client for your roster. Like for me, it'd be Surveilo or Trek. Those would be ideal. And then number four, build your database. By the way, if you don't know, those are bicycle companies. (laughs) Number four, build your database. Bulldog Reporter in this book that's no longer available, but this is one of the things they recommend and it still works. They recommend using Winmo, W-I-N-M-O, to quickly get contact information. This is not buying lists, do not buy lists. Rather, it's an easy way to get an email address and phone number. Also, do not add them to your mailing list and start sending them content. You can email them individually with customized and personalized notes, but do not send them your newsletter unless they subscribe. Now that you've done that, you're be ready to begin your marketing and staying top of mind with your prospect list. To execute the agency business development plan, there are lots and lots of things you can do to stay top of mind. The gold standard, of course, is email marketing. If you offer something of value and aren't only talking about yourself, they also have to subscribe. You can't just send them stuff. That stuff could include things such as blog posts that help your prospects and showcase your ability to help them solve their problems. Your own research, which could be gigantic, like the Edelman Trust Barometer, or you can do what Andy Crestadina does with his blogger survey. 
started out with a survey monkey and like 200 people and now it's grown into something really significant. You can develop studies, tools, or resources. For instance, if you work with authors, you could create a toolbox to help them promote and market a book. You can do case studies told from your client's perspective, not the boring old award entry type case study, which are boring. And remember, you can only add your prospects to the mailing list if they have opted in. If they haven't, you can send a personalized and individualized email. It comes directly from you. And if the person does not respond, they will never hear from you again. But if the prospect were on your list, they would feel like they were being spammed with your content. So do not do that. Send individualized emails, personalized. You could probably send a follow-up once or twice. So maybe a maximum of three emails, but do not put them on your list. You know, I keep saying this, but people do this. Do not put them on your list, your marketing list, unless they subscribe. All right, so email marketing is not the only thing to consider. You also want to think about participating in LinkedIn conversations, private Facebook groups, and Twitter chats, participating in conversations already happening online in your vertical markets, attending, contributing to, or speaking at industry events, creating your own events. And this one is lots easier to do now that everything's virtual, so you can do that. You can create a goal to meet one new prospect per week through the social network speaking and or networking. You can pursue associate or sponsorship memberships with trade organizations. You can build information roundtables with the influencers in the verticals where you specialize. You can provide pro bono services in industries you care about. And you can volunteer with groups that need communications help. This is a lot. I know it's a lot. But if you go to SpinSucks, you can bookmark the page with the show notes and take it one step at a time. One step at a time. If you're diligent about it, you can have everything complete and ready to execute in a few short weeks. So point your mouse over there and get it done. If you need some help with all of this, come hang out in the SpinSucks community. And of course, you can always send me an SOS note and I'll do my best to rescue you. You can find us at SpinSucks.com slash spin hyphen sucks hyphen community. That's SpinSucks.com slash spin hyphen sucks hyphen community. I'll see you next week. If you're ready to change the face of PR, make sure you subscribe to the Spin Sucks podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, leave us a rating and a review. 